listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Friday the 13th of May 2022. Later, the banks begin lifting variable mortgage rates from today. Two of them of the big four have started today, more in a few moments. But first to the cryptocurrency crash, the likes of Bitcoin falling quite dramatically, adding to the losses seen so far this year. So since the peak in 2021, Bitcoin has declined 53%, Ethereum 55%, and meme stocks even worse. Dogecoin, for example, off 85%. Now, the Australian Taxation Office told me today that 1 million Australians have cryptocurrency accounts 800,000 of them have got transactions on those accounts. So the losses, if they're crystallized, are real. So for more on why this is happening and what next for cryptocurrencies, I spoke earlier with Carl Kapalinga from Think Markets. Carl, let's start with the cryptocurrency route. Can you run through why we've seen such a heavy sell-off in these types of assets? Well, I guess it originally started with interest rates heading up. So, you know, cryptocurrencies for the most part, don't have a near-term return. And when interest rates go up, um, you know, assets that have uh, returns potentially a long way out tend to suffer the most. So we saw uh, technology stocks, for example, the NASDAQ coming off hard, uh, and we've seen cryptos do much of the same thing. And there's a very, been a very high correlation, to be fair, between tech, technology stocks in the NASDAQ and cryptocurrencies since November last year, when, of course, the Fed took their very hawkish turn. I think look, there's a couple of other reasons at play. You know, as those tech stocks come down, a lot of there are a lot of the same investors um, in a lot of those technology stocks, a lot of those meme stocks, which have fallen back a long way, and cryptocurrencies. So you tend to find that some investors are liquidating either their, their stocks to pay for their crypto or the crypto to pay for their stocks. So that's probably the more broader themes. But this week, the sell-off became far more acute uh, because of uh, uh, an incident we saw with one of the stable coins. Now, stable coins, in theory, are supposed to hold their value against another asset, in most cases, the US dollar. Uh, but one of the sort of the high-flying stable coins of the last six months, which is Terra USD, lost its peg to the US dollar. Uh, and it's one of the, the stable coins out there that is uh, sort of holds its value through an algorithm and through, uh, I guess, a, a, an arbitrage with another cryptocurrency called Luna, which has also doing very, very well, rather some of the other stable coins that actually are holding uh, physical dollars. So once that algorithm uh, snapped, unfortunately, uh, there was a massive sell-off. So we saw Luna lose about 44 uh, odd billion dollars of its market cap since its highs. It's, it's effectively gone to zero, unfortunately, and the stable coin uh, has completely unraveled. So that has uh, caused um, a number of liquidations uh, within the, the broader cryptocurrency market. And because um, some of that stable coin was backed by Bitcoin, we've seen a huge sell-off in Bitcoin as well. What's your take on these types of assets? Because they still are unregulated. Yeah, look, I mean, look, and I'm, I'm probably, uh, look, I've been a, a big proponent of cryptocurrencies. I'm the first to admit that, um, the, you know, the excitement and a lot of the hype around cryptocurrency uh, that, permeated uh, through a lot of uh, a lot of new investors was based around uh, this great uh, revolution and, and this great um, opportunity that crypto uh, gave in solving a lot of real world financial services problems. Unfortunately, uh, you know, developing a lot of these solutions takes a great deal of time. And there's, there's a, a big lag between the initial hype and those 
uh, applications that come down the track. And in that uh, that that disconnect, in that in that uh, you know expansive time between the rubber hits the road, as it were, you can see you know significant amounts of hype come out of the market, sentiment change, and it is very much a sentiment game. And then prices suffer, and investors are left wondering what changed. Certainly, um, the opportunity is there, the promise is there, but the prices uh, are what is different now. So you end up with uh, people uh, with lots of great reasons to, to own these assets, uh, but a fraction, unfortunately, of the, the of the wealth that they originally put on these assets. So uh, my, my advice would be um, a lot of the, the better projects out there uh, will will still do well in the long term. But again, there's that disconnect with with I think um, the, the time frame that most people had with these investments. They thought it was going to be a short term fix to some of their financial problems. The ATO says there are around a million cryptocurrency accounts in Australia. I guess a lot of them would have been set up during the peak of the pandemic when people were at home and looking to invest. And many may have purchased cryptocurrency assets as those prices came up. What would you say to them as they start seeing some massive losses and many, some first time investors seeing such huge losses for the first time? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, Bitcoin is down about 65%. Ethereum was down about that much at the lows today. So they are, they're the big ones, uh, which, you know, uh, to be fair, the, the, the greatest opportunity down the track are probably still focused on those um, two majors. And as you say, once you move outside of those two and they account for, you know, a good sort of uh, two thirds of the cryptocurrency universe, uh, there have been some severe losses, as you say. So the question is, well, where do you go for now? I mean, uh, as I said before, it could take a long time, but for a recovery if you see one now there are over 18,000 cryptocurrencies out there i'm going to suggest that the vast majority of those will not be around probably uh, in 12 months but certainly not in say you know three to five years time um, most of them were created to take advantage of that hype and as you say to, to draw draw people in so uh, step number one is, is do your homework know what you own and know whether there's a, a real world um, case you know a real real world usage case um, to that cryptocurrency and it has to be more than um, I guess uh, satisfying uh, the needs of people to trade and to own and be part of a community because I think that's what the, the meme stocks represented to a lot of people. Um, I, I think then you need to um, start to understand what investing is about. Investing is about understanding, um, you know, ultimately when you look at the stock market, stocks uh, in theory should have uh, some cash flows coming in the door that you can then uh, put a value on. And a lot of these cryptocurrencies aren't going to have that for a very long period of time, if at all. So, um, you know, I think, I think, I would say don't be disheartened by your first experience in investing, um, but you will have to start to uh, get some education on how to do it better. Now, the problem I see, Ricardo, is a lot of the education out there is coming from, um, I guess, uh, the, the, it's the masses following the masses. Um, so I think, you you know, places where people are getting information like TikTok, uh, Facebook is a big one, YouTube, I think people need to really take a very hard look at who they're getting the information from and potentially take a little bit more responsibility on themselves to source better information. Carl Kapalinga there from Think Markets. Now, this all happened on a, on a day where the Australian share market rose almost 2%, 1.9% on the S&P ASX 200, 7,075. And also on a day where two of the four big banks lifted variable mortgage rates. They include ANZ and NAB. 
Next week, it'll be Westpac and the Commonwealth Bank. They'll be following suit, all lifting by the same amount, 25 basis points. And it comes after the RBA lifted the official cash rate last week. So for more, I spoke earlier with Sally Tyndall from Rate City. Sally, just how competitive is the mortgage market at the moment? Oh, the rates might be on the rise, but the mortgage market is still incredibly competitive, particularly if you are willing to switch lenders. Uh, even post the rate hike, we have four confirmed lenders that are still going to be under 2%, uh, but we also have around 40 lenders that are likely to offer at least one variable rate under 2.3%. Historically speaking, that's still pretty low. So rates are rising for two of the majors from today. That's they're passing on the Reserve Bank's official interest rate rise from last week. It starts today, right? But in the scheme of things, interest rates, mortgage rates are still low, right? Oh, that's exactly right. We're still looking at a cash rate that's at emergency setting levels, and we're still looking at what are historically incredibly low rates. So uh, what the increase today for NAB and ANZ customers, and that translates to probably over $60 a month of increase in monthly mortgage repayments for someone with a $500,000 loan. But people should be prepared for rates and monthly repayments to keep going up and up and up. In fact, we expect the cash rate hikes to start snowballing from next month. So this will be the first rate rise, though, for a lot of new borrowers. I understand there's about a million households over the past 10 years that haven't really experienced a rate rise. So they're new home, um, home borrowers, right? So what kind of tips can you offer them to act on right now, considering that rates will continue rising this year? You're right. Uh, we haven't had a cash rate hike in this country for 11 and a half years. That means there are well over a million homeowners who just don't know what it's like to have their rates just go up overnight. Um, this is the first one for them. Now, the thing that people need to know is that they do not happen in isolation and that the rate hikes will keep coming and keep coming. So be prepared. If you think you're going to struggle with your monthly expenses, if you think you're going to struggle to keep up with those rising repayments, take action now. Do not put your head into the sand because that is probably the worst thing you could possibly do. So for starters, cut back on expenses and try and make them regular expenses that you're cutting back on. That could be switching to a cheaper energy provider. That could mean rotating your entertainment subscriptions or cutting back on takeaway coffees and lunches, things like that. Switch to a lower rate loan if you can, whether it's fixed or variable. The most important thing to do is go out there, find out what the lowest rates are, have a look around for a good deal that suits your finances and see if you can, um, you know, save yourself money on a regular basis there. But finally, ask your boss for a pay rise. You know, sometimes it's, it's an awkward conversation to have, but it's an important conversation to have. The average wage is set to rise. Just make sure your wage does too. And later in the day, there was some developments in the savings area. So I asked Sally Tyndall from Rate City to return to tell us more about how the banks have now reacted to last week's RBA rate rise on savings accounts. Oh, look, it's been a mixed bag for savers, that's for certain. Uh, today, ANZ and NAB are hiking rates on select savings accounts, namely their bonus saver accounts, but they're leaving their online savers, their e-saver accounts untouched, which is unfortunate because the ongoing rates on these accounts are just 0.05%. 
Westpac is hiking rates on one savings account and one retiree account. So they're doing two in total. Uh, and CBA just today have confirmed they are hiking the rate on their net bank saver account. And they're applying that hike to the ongoing rate, which means their 2 million customers have with, that with a net bank saver account will actually get that rate cr- increase. That's great news for them. That will see their ongoing rate go from just 0.05% to 0.3%. Sally Tindall there from Rate City. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.